Hello, and welcome to In Session, a podcast where we speak with changemakers working towards safe, supportive learning environments within their communities. Our guests include state and local education agencies and their partners, all grant recipients from the Department of Education, using their funding to advance school-based mental health services, support mental health service professionals, and establish trauma recovery and prevention programs. I'm Annie, and this is Brianna at the National Center on Safe, Supportive Learning Environments, and we produce In Session. On today's episode, we speak with Project Prevent grant recipients at Muskegon Area Independent School District about their PBIS and Restorative Practices Classroom Coaching Program. Our guests include Kiana Longnecker, Project Prevent Grant Director and School Climate and Culture Consultant, and Rachel Van Dyke, teacher at Oak Ridge Public Schools in the Muskegon area. Thank you both so much for joining us today. We're really excited to be talking to you. And before we dive in, we wanted to give you both a chance to introduce yourselves and share any background information that you think would be necessary before we dive into the questions today. All right, thank you, Brianna. I'm Kiana Longnecker. I'm a school climate and culture consultant at the Muskegon Area ISD, and I am the Project Prevent Director here. I've had the opportunity to be able to work in and with the Oak Ridge Public School District throughout the last couple of years, and we're really excited to be able to share some of the coaching work we've been able to do there and appreciate this opportunity. And I'm Rachel Van Dyke. I am a TKK teacher. So last year I had transitional kindergarten and I loop up with my kids this year. I keep them for kindergarten. I've been there. This will be only my sixth year there, but my 20, adding in my head, 26th or 27th year, most of which has been kindergarten. Awesome. Thank you. So now we want to talk about your coaching program. So we want to just open up the floor and have you all describe what exactly this coaching program entails, how it started, um, just to kind of introduce it to the listeners. All right, so a little of a background information on that. Oak Ridge Public Schools has partnered with us on the grant and they committed themselves in a big way. It's a lot for a school district to commit to what they had. And they undertook four to five full days of professional development around classroom PBIS and uh, classroom management and relationship type restorative practices building. So as an entire district, they engaged in that. And as the consultant supporting them, we wanted to make sure that we could continue to support them in actually implementing and using the, sk the skills and strategies they learned, which was a lot. It's a lot to, it's that fire hose thing. We threw a lot at them and wanted to be able to uh, support the actual implementation and use and just getting to it with the knowledge they had. And since the district had done both PBIS in the classroom and restorative practices, we wanted to use the restorative practice circle to help facilitate group coaching. And like I said, the district was really committed and is really committed to continuing this work. And every single classroom educator in the district was given the opportunity to participate in these small group coaching circles. So that was a really great opportunity to be able to stay in contact with the teachers who are actually doing that work and to give them the opportunity to lift their professional voice. So our team came in and provided all sorts of professional development 
but not all of us are in the classroom every day. And we recognize that the classroom teachers know way more than we do and that they have so much that they can share with each other. So using the restorative circle format, we were able to give them the opportunities to share the knowledge that they had with each other. Well, and one thing I want to, when she said every teacher in the district, that's what I think part of the, one of the parts that's really neat is the fact that in our group, we had our tech teacher for our building. We had the kindergarten first, second, third, and other groups had some of the other special teachers. So people that we don't necessarily get to see as, I don't want to say equal, but like on the same, the same having the same issues that we might have. But that was, I think, a really good part, not necessarily for us, but for the special side of, of them to know that we see them as equals. That's what I was trying to get out of there because you know, a lot of times it's not seen necessarily that way. So I think that, first of all, one of the biggest part is that we're all meshed together. And I think you're right too, Rachel, that they, when you're an enrichment teacher, it's harder to be included in things because a lot of times folks are meeting as grade levels or right. content areas, and they don't necessarily always get that same opportunity. And when we started, I'm, th I'm thinking of our enrichment special teacher. I think she was a lot quieter at the beginning and then at the end of them um, talked just as much as the rest of us. So I think it really did help which isn't even totally a reason we were doing that, but to, to put us all as equals and just as important in all those kiddos' lives. And just a quick caveat, Rachel and I were in the same group, so I got to facilitate the group that she was in. So um, it was really cool to see as the year progressed, the amount of comfortability and relationships that were built in the circles. Yeah. And like Rachel said, they were cross grade level. They, their building has K or TK through three. So each group had people representing each grade level and uh, enrichment classes. And it was really, really great to hear the perspectives of others. The, the cross grade level was, I think, eye-opening almost because you're thinking, you know, kindergarten, there were two kindergarten teachers in there. It happened to be actually both of us that were TK this year. And we're thinking our little five-year-old issues are in our own little bubble. And then you hear, nope, the third grade teachers are having some of the same stuff just in a eight-year-old bubble. But it was really good for all of us to realize that some that these issues that we were having, it's all of us that we're having. But then Kiana was a safe person to say, ah, we're struggling with this. And if, if it was something we felt, you know, it stayed right in there, it stayed right in there, but there were a couple silly issues, but otherwise it was safe. We knew that we, whatever we said, literally in the circle, didn't go out that door. And there were some days that were just rah, 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 because we were frustrated, but it gave us that, that safe spot and to know that the other grade levelers were feeling the same thing. Mm -hmm. And not only that, you guys all shared so many great strategies and ideas around classroom management elements. And one of the things that I heard from most everybody was how profoundly impactful that first uh, walkthrough we did. Yeah. Can you tell us some more about that too, Rachel? Well, we, we walked through and 
it wasn't everybody. We didn't have obviously time to go through everybody's that was in our group, but certain, certain, I believe it was like each grade, we hit each grade level. We got through every room. Did we? Some yeah, of them we, we stayed longer, I think, maybe. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I was watching like the things that they had up on their wall and how did they they put their seating or how did they how they do their calendar? You know, silly things, but seeing things, simple things sometimes we were writing notes like, oh, I want to try that. Or if I just moved something here, maybe it'll be like the flow will be better. And it was just, and it was kindergarten teachers thinking that about a third grade room or vice, vice versa, again, making us seem more like equals, but getting to ask questions about why do, why do you have that there? Or why don't you have that? Why don't you have this posted or that posted? Or why did you choose this or that or the other thing? Getting right in their rooms. I, I agree. That was one of our favorites. And I, I think it'd be neat to do that at the end of the year as well, because it was like our second one, maybe. So it was, it was, right it was away. pretty early. Yeah. Yeah. So if we had a chance, I think even maybe to wrap up the year mm -hmm. and go back and see how our rooms are changed or what we used of each other's or, mm -hmm. yeah. And be able to share what sort of things led to that change in the physical structure and your procedures throughout the year. Yeah. Um, as an observer facilitator, one of the things on that day, and I saw it later in the year as well, but people actually handing each other resources for different things that they were using in their classrooms. One specifically stood out, uh, we also, oh, this was a different building, but a special education teacher had a really great cool down corner with some really great examples of strategies students could use. And other teachers had been searching for those resources, but have them right there available that they would have never like had the opportunity to see that or know that was happening right next door. So being able to see those ideas cross the hallway uh, was right. really, really profound for me on the outside. Because we don't get, like, we'll get, as you said, grade level time. Mm -hmm. But when we're all together, which I guess could be considered cross grade level, it's a dictated meeting. You know, our admin is leading it. Right. It's not just an opportunity to have free flowing conversations where this, this was through mm -hmm. the whole year. And I don't, the, the, when I said about the safe too, that it being a safe spot, we have people in there who don't like to talk in front of people that would, I'm fine once I get going, but I don't want to be one of the first ones. And then there's people that have no problem at all. But she always gave us something that was our talking stick point thing for the day. And if it wasn't in your hand, you needed to be quiet. And we were most of the time pretty good at staying with that. But it really made all our voices just as important as the one that has no problem public speaking down to the quietest. And I think that was a huge part, too, because some people that don't, that don't want to, that don't talk at all ever, really did and felt felt power behind their what what they were saying and that's one of the important parts of using an actual structure of a circle so planning each circle we used a structured 
circle planning guide and including the talking piece was something we had for every single circle. Uh, when we began as a group, we came up with a social contract that was just for the time we were together. And that genuine confidentiality was a piece of that. And knowing that you could share in this safe group of people and it not be something, it's hard to say, I'm having a hard time with this in my classroom. That is hard to let down that yeah. wall, but having that opportunity, I think, pro like having that structure saying we're having genuine confidentiality here, and then people sticking to it really made it a place where everybody was given that opportunity. When you guys made the groups, another thing to note is our principal and vice principal are not included in that and they were not even in the hallway that the, all these meetings were taking place they were in the office so there was really not a threat because they're not threatening people at all but there was never a threat that we're watching or we're we're standing over you and listening trying to catch whatever so they they totally removed themselves and I think that was a, a good part of it too because it really was back to that safe spot. And I also, like each time you started, you put some crazy pictures up and like, how are you feeling today? So it, it was always a fun warm up to get us ready to start whatever her topic happened to be. I think we had the best group though. I just I always what, felt like whatever group I was in was the best group too. Yeah. <laughs> I, but, but part of it's you. You are such a good facilitator. Oh, I think the other groups had great work, great facilitation too, but we had a really good time. Uh, so also as part of that circle structure, each time we had an emotional check-in, where are we at? Which also helped direct uh, the way we facilitated the rest of the circle, depending upon the energy levels. And then um, some sort of community building activity. And sometimes people were kind of reluctant <laughs> for yep. some of those, but like you said, some crazy pictures or whatever to try to keep it light and get everybody in a place where they were feeling a little bit more comfortable before we got into discussion rounds. Uh, we covered the five classroom management variables, structure, teaching expectations, observing, interacting stoic. positively, yep, and correcting fluently, the stoic five. So we addressed those throughout the year and had a couple of points in the year where we had self that teachers self-reflected and self-reported where they felt they were in their implementation. And that also helped guide what our next topics might be for the next month as we planned for the circles. I, I felt like, and I don't, I don't know if this is true or not, but I felt like you guys didn't plan the whole year. I felt like you were truly going off what, what our circle, our group of people needed. And, and I know then you guys as the facilitators would go back and say, Hey, this, these guys really brought up this kind of situation. We need what, you know, we need that for the next time or whatever. But that was, I think, another part that was really nice that at no point did I feel like you had this planned out and, and we weren't a part of the decision-making behind it. Yes, we knew what days you were coming and, and that kind of thing, but I never felt like it was just another thing we were doing on a late start meeting and they've already been all planned out, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. 
Yeah. Well, funny story. We did actually loosely plan out the whole year to start because, you know, we wanted to feel like we had a good <laughs> solid plan going into it. But as we got in there and we were able to hear your voices, it's easy to plan if it's like a professional development calendar. We can do that. That's how you do that. But getting for the facilitators to be able to be in the circle and hear what the real issues in the classrooms and in the building were, we could adjust to say, well, next week we were planning to talk about teaching expectations, but it seems like if we're going to talk about an element, what they need right now is correcting fluently. So we're going to swap when we thought we were going to talk about that and go into what their specific needs sound like they are right now. And shockingly, not shockingly, but we would plan one circle for the entire district, the same circle planning guide. We did three separate buildings, the K3 building, the 4-6 building, and then 7-12. And we would just have to adjust things just a little bit dependent upon the building. But they did, it was interesting to see some of the needs were pretty similar. And some of the outcomes were also really great. Just the feedback from teachers, I will say, is one of the most fulfilling parts of my professional year. Just hearing the joy, well, joy, Rachel, do you feel joy from it? Okay. Yeah. Um, and the engagement, every single teacher engaged in my groups. I didn't have people who wanted to check out or who didn't show up. They, a lot of the feedback said that this was some of the most impactful, useful professional development time that they had in their school years. And some people said in many years of teaching. Well, I think like we had you for champs and yeah, you guys keep us busy and make it entertaining, but those are long days. And you do tend, shocking, not shocking, to tune out after a while and not maybe not soak in as much or like I had just had it two years ago, three years ago or whatever. So a lot of it was the same. And I know what we're doing in these is a portion of that, but it is completely different, I think, in that small group mm -hmm. because we're a, we're a we're a part of it. It's not just all listening. Yep. yep. So I think it makes a huge difference. I find that interesting though, that you've said basically K-12, we're not that far off. And I mean, uh, the, the, the level of need in some of the areas is different per building, but a lot of the concerns that came up were very similar. So we didn't have to restructure the circle separately for each building. It was something we were able to do consistently. Maybe the questions were worded differently. Maybe right. the outcome was a little different, but it was really able to be contextualized and nothing was very far off building to building. Yeah. And it was, it was really cool. And um, I just want to go back to how you said it's not the same as sitting there while we're instructing all day. That was kind of one of the reasons that we wanted to be able to do this coaching model, because we know that three, three days of that just being instructed at, listen, we tried to engage you, but I know how those days are too, uh, is different. And if you have somebody and if you have the opportunity to revisit those things that you learned and that you planned at the beginning of the year or the end of the previous year, using these circles was really helpful to be able to revisit that sort of thing so that it could stay fresh in your mind. And one thing I don't think we've mentioned, mentioned too is um, the, there was one day you weren't there. 
So one of our, there's six of us, what eight of us, whatever, how many other are, one of us is allocated. That's not probably the right word, but as the like group leader, if the group leader can't be there. So um, it still continues even if one of them can't be there and they gave Jen the, the, the plan and she, I was sorry, she loosely followed it because we were kind of, we you had a different need that day. We had a different need that day, but I'm saying it still continues even because of, of this structure you guys have in place that even if for whatever reason, I mean, you're so crazy busy, if you can't be there, it's still, the flow is still there. We still know we're in the circle. We rearrange the room to be in the circle and put our phones behind us and, um, and that, sidebar on that. I, I was really impressed how willingly everybody in our in our group at least put the technology away and and totally um focused in because we don't always mm -hmm. during like the late start meetings because it's stuff we just we're tired of hearing sometimes or don't know the value necessarily behind it and so sometimes you see the phones creep out or whatever but I I thought we did a really good job of tech free if we knew something was coming like we would mention it to you but the fact that we all were willing to be tech free for that hour and whatever 20 minutes or whatever it is and then also sh goes shows the value that we thought that was and you said and i thank you guys i'm proud but that when the group ran without the facilitator the external facilitator you still got into the circle and you still yep. had that space and that is we're leaving technology out of the circle because this is our space that we're sharing here and we're coming together and not disconnecting in that right. way so that is i just kind of do want to mention uh the longevity of this particular type of model uh, this last school year each group was facilitated by an external consultant from project prevent so we were supporting the district in this way each group and we had four groups per building once a month per building so three weeks a month we were each with a group and then we ch used one week for planning but um so going forward this is a great model that was very impactful to the teachers and to the staff and so the the plans for sustainability is one of those areas where it was like we had this ideal outlook we had the plan rachel just like we planned out the whole year already we had the plan but as the year went we started to realize like well some of it might not be as simple as we expected in the beginning and uh, so coming around that we don't want to introduce something that was great and everybody enjoyed or seemed to um, and then not have it set for that to continue great thing was enough of the feedback uh, got back to administration and they have committed to continuing this model Yay. of yeah of coaching circles our capacity on the project prevent team is a little bit diminished at this point and so we individually will likely not be able to support every month but we have internal people who will be being uh, coached and trained to be able to skillfully facilitate those circles 
um, and figuring out the right relationships because like Rachel said, this is a very, it had, we had to work at first to have a safe relationship in these circles and making sure that we acknowledge and honor that as we're trying to figure out that sustainability piece for going into the next and hopefully many years to come for implementing this particular model. Well, and I, th I think one of your questions that last day was, did we want to stay together as a group or switch it up? And we were all overwhelming. No, we want to stay together. Like the, the, that bond, if that's the right word, I think, um, was a huge part of the willingness to be open and explore the topics. And there, there were days, some of the stuff that people were bringing up, it might not even been what Kiana started with, like the point. There were tears in there some days because of just frustration people were having about whatever it happened to be. But then just to be able to get it out and know that they weren't alone because you'd see the nodding heads that they're going through it too. And it really gives you the chance to be vulnerable and know that it's okay that you're not okay all the time. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that everybody feels safe enough to go necessarily like to admin and say they're mm -hmm. losing, losing their mind and need help. And so this is a good, a really good thing. Because I feel like I can at any time go to, to either of them and not everybody feels like that, but I feel like in our circle mm -hmm. at any point, they felt like whatever they had to say was okay to say. And I think district wide, that was an overwhelming, uh, we would prefer, we would prefer to stay with the groups we're in. There may have been one or two groups that did not have such a sentiment, but most people said that they would want to stay in those groups because of the relationships they built. In brainstorming, uh, the teachers, many people said that they would prefer some of their other staff meetings to be structured in this small yes, group restorative circle style as well. And helping the leaders come around that, those other, when they're facilitating like a data review or some other thing that doesn't uh, go well in the large group, to possibly have small group facilitation in the same way. In that group might be a different group than our established groups, but in that same structure, being able to address things where people can feel open and safe and honest is really important if you wanna to continue to build that climate and culture of the building. I noticed too that when we would see each other in the hallway, I mean, I'm one that always says hi, or, and most of us are, if you see another colleague or whatever, but when you would see your group, it was a different, I feel like it was a friendlier high or a, a more connected checking in with each other mm -hmm. kind of high, if, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, so it went beyond that, that circle. And, uh, and now that I think about it, there were three, three kindergarten teachers, right? Me. Yeah, there are three of us in that. And because of that circle, one, it brought us closer together. And we had a lot more one-on-one -on -one conversations this year. And I don't think that would have happened if we hadn't had that open, mm -hmm. vulnerable circle. Mm -hmm. And being able to share those strategies with each other. One of the teachers in our group, when we walked into each other's classrooms, said, they were, their two classrooms were directly across the hall from each other. And one teacher said, oh, I've never actually been past the threshold of your classroom. 
never had the opportunity, never had the time in a day to even walk into another classroom to see what else there was to share. And throughout the year in the coaching, we, I, I learned so much from all of the people in our group. Um, some really fun things we did last man standing. We were talking about interacting positively in engagement and what sorts of different engagement strategies, verbal and nonverbal, that everybody had to share with each other. And we didn't have technology in the circle or notepads or anything, but I was like, I need to write these down so I can keep sharing them like throughout the rest of the county and forevermore. But that was really, really funny. And it was fun and funny and able to share resources. And also to elevate how much the teachers are doing that they are inadvertently engaging their students and often didn't realize uh, how many amazing things they're already implementing. That was huge because they're, they, oh, I do do that. Oh, I do do that. Oh, I do do that. Like when you're feeling the weight of the year and it's just been conferences or it's the report cards are coming or IRIPs or whatever and you feel like you're not meeting their needs and then you go around that circle oh I am doing that I am doing that I am doing that it just it was such a good thing and Rachel would you say I know that a lot of times it was emotional and uh, relational connection and but would you say that the things that we talked about and discussed in the, in the facilitated circle that you were able to implement in your classroom and perhaps change some of your implementation of strategies especially th this this group that I'm keeping was my hardest group I have ever had my entire teaching career and I don't know if it's because they're COVID babies that have just not been exposed to stuff or whatever the reasons that the, the combination of my little people, there were a lot of things that other people said that I thought about like my tone or knowing how frustrated I was getting at times. I was probably letting them know I was getting frustrated and just hearing how some of the other people were saying stuff that I, I was more conscious, I guess, is that the mm -hmm. word I want, of mm -hmm. what I was passing on to them with my frustrations and I think it's because of that that group saying try this or think about this or whatever so definitely I would I it carried into the room for sure well that was our hope yeah, <laughs> that's our continued was, hope too so yeah definitely you guys are both awesome you've covered so many things I do have one question if I can chime in really quickly I just so it's obvious that these circles have been incredibly successful and have been met with great feedback. But I'm just curious, and for the other grantees that would listen to this podcast, if you think back to when you first started implementing this, or maybe before you even had that first meeting, what was that decision-making process like? Slash, did you ever receive any skepticism or hesitation from teachers or anybody you know, when it was first starting? If so, how did you respond? If not, how were you able to do that? How were you able to introduce this in a way where everyone was on board? Well, I can do the slash part. <laughs> when we heard this was happening, there were initial groans because it was like one more thing on a late start that we could not, that we're not going to be in our own grade level and we're not going to, you know, then, 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 then. So yes, probably most of us came 
to that first initial one ready to not enjoy this because it was one more thing taking us away from like grade level planning and time to be together and and that kind of thing. So yes, grumbling definitely happened, but I don't think we truly understood what we were about to walk into because after that first one, I never heard any more grumbling, at least, you know, K, K team wise or anything. I never heard another complaint leading into it. Yes. Cause we were like, this is one more thing they're putting on our, on our plates. We just had chance. We don't need something else. So sorry, Kim, but that's, you know, that's so, yeah, going in to that first day, definitely skepticism and thinking more was being piled on. But after the first day, no. I'm sure that's probably helpful, though, for for people to hear, because I think that a lot of professional development sometimes can be met with that response initially. So I think if anything, that's that makes this even more intriguing and exciting because it's like, even though it was met with that initially, it proved itself, I guess. Yeah. And quickly. Mm-hmm. I would agree. And the grumbling, it was not silent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so on the perceiving end, um, first of all, you know, I love every single thing about everything I do. And this is my world and this is how I love things. So I came in with my infinite optimism, but certainly could hear and feel that for like, okay, this is something the district decided to do. And while there was, you know, it wasn't just a one voice decided to do this, but the leadership decided, yes, let's do this, which is often how professional development in a district goes. But it was certainly in hopes of continuing to support some of the other stuff that you guys had already been working on. And I am certain that you guys probably had enough of seeing my face in front of all of you um, (laughs) over the last couple of years. So I was really grateful to be a part of that. The reason that Oak Ridge decided to do this in this manner was their leadership really was changing their goals, their MyKit goals, their continuous improvement goals for the district was around PBIS, restorative practices, uh, just making their school climate and culture better, and following the interconnected systems framework for integrating the mental health community partners and including all of them in their social, emotional, behavioral uh, uh, systems. So they were doing a lot of systems work. That's what the district was committed to. And as the Project Safe team, we, in conferring with the district, wanted to be sure that all of the stuff that they were able to learn, they had an opportunity to continue to use it and to continue to revisit it. Because we do know that often a one-and-done professional development does not necessarily lead to great implementation in a classroom or in a building. It is something that continuous revisiting and um, that sort of thing is going to just make those improvements. So because we have the opportunity, because we have this grant funded team that's been able to support the district, we were like, while we have this, let's make sure that we can give as much as we can to help them get somewhere even further down the road. And uh, that was a really, really great opportunity. And our team, restorative practices is something that really needs to be universal in education 
personal opinion in society, but it is uh, in Michigan. This is not the reason for this necessarily, but in the state of Michigan, there is a requirement that administrators consider uh, using restorative practices in discipline prior to even considering a suspension from school. So it is, there are seven factors to consider, and one of them is, have you considered a restorative practice in order to remedy this before we exclude a student from their educational setting? So uh, the county uh, really needed a lot of information and a lot of practice doing these sort of things. And when we were coming into considering this coaching model, we wanted to be able to model some of these strategies and model that this is something that also works with adults and it's not just morning meeting. Yes. So it, it was something that it was thoughtful to do it this way and to really help improve some of that like staff climate and culture and to elevate the voices of teachers rather than consultants spewing information at you or administrators spewing information at you because how many times in like a training, Rachel, do you sit there and say, I already do that. I already do that. I already do that. And or doodling in your book or you know, right. Yeah. But here it was such a great opportunity to use this circle format to be able to share those things. And PBS, PBIS in our building is I think becoming more and more important as far as staff implementation of it too. There's more of us on the PBIS committee st at staff meetings, they share out the the data and all of that and I think all of the things that surround PBAS has just at least for the lower L I can't speak to the others but it's become a very key part of us working together and what can we do to fix things or celebrate things because there's obviously there's time for celebration but sometimes like in December, there's times where we got to look at why our data is our data or whatever. And so I think just having this, this opportunity with the restorative circle, using that format reminds you to use that format in your, mm -hmm. your room. And I'll admit, I don't do it enough. And this group probably would really benefit from that. Mm -hmm. And I do have to, I really would like to lift up Oak Ridge schools and the dedication that they have had in like their actual systemic changes. Definitely your building, Rachel, was already implementing some PBIS, but the level of making it a system where they're following through, they're monitoring, they're making decisions based on data, they're celebrating with students, they're celebrating with staff, and just implementation overall of their system-wide PBIS, and then adding that classroom level has just been like continuing to level up their uh, implementation and just level up everything that's happening there. They are doing a phenomenal job and I've loved being able to work with them and just to see how far they've gone in a short period of time. Yeah. Lots of dedication there. Well, congratulations to you both and to Oak Ridge and, and everyone. This is just incredible. And I think it's gonna be really inspiring also to other grantees that are listening. And before I pass it to Brianna, who's gonna kind of ask the, the closing wrap up question, would you 
either one of you just quickly define PBIS and also CHAMPS, just because I mm -hmm. they, they've been thrown around. I want to make sure listeners know what they what those mean. Well, the PBIS is positive behavior intervention. intervention. And so, like, it it's some things as simple as you're having a behavior in your room. Is it something you take care of, or is it an office supported issue? When do you give something one one chance and oh my goodness it's right away to the office or how if it's something repeatedly we've used things like big deals little deals all different things all around that i think the biggest thing for us with pbis is what is stuff you can handle in your own room so that they the they being the office deals with the biggies mm -hmm. we can take care of things i think that's a, a big part of it and so for their district, PBIS as a system just provided those acknowledgements for students when they're following expectations. The team also looked at the data and came up with what their expectations are. What do they want to see students doing in school? And then acknowledging that behavior. And also the team came up with behavior definitions for, let's say, a student is not following or meeting what we're hoping a student could do in this setting, how do we respond to that? Like Rachel was speaking to, do I, what sort of strategies do I have in my classroom that I can do? What are some interventions I can do in my classroom to hopefully curb that behavior and change that? And when do I need extra support? But creating that system where everybody had the same language and the same understanding yeah. and the same knowledge and trying to follow that same process was instrumental. And they did a lot of work over just a couple of years to get to where they're at right now. Yeah, there's and, a, this year they have a whole tier two. Like if you, if you have tried everything you think you can try, there was a, a, a doc you could fill out saying this is what's been going on, I need help. And it's not necessarily that they need to be sent to the office all the time, but you're struggling. And that was that's a newly put in place with with different healthcare supports, behavior supports, admin supports, all that to to help you out. And it's all forming around that PBIS. Yeah. And Rachel said tier two. So the PBIS is a tiered system of supports as well. So the tier one is a universal supports. What can we offer to every single student in the entire district? And then at that tier two level, that is with we have a student who is needing a little bit more targeted intervention or support in order to be their best in their learning environment. Uh, they may enter into like an intervention toward a certain skill. And like Rachel said, this last school year was their buildings and their district's first year with a solid implementing tier two team. And I mentioned earlier the interconnected systems framework and their district is able to partner with a couple different community providers for mental health services, behavioral health services. They have a health center in their district as well. And they've got a couple community-based services to wrap around families as well. And as they're working in these tiered systems of support, They've been able to leverage those community partners to literally be at the table with their teams when they're making decisions for their school district and their school systems and how they can make those connections and that engagement with those partners to continue to make it the best place to learn for kids.
And to come back around, uh, Rachel mentioned CHAMPS earlier, and CHAMPS is a particular framework that the district committed to for every classroom to follow, and it is just PBIS in the classroom. And that is taking those same tier one PBIS behavioral expectations and systems and making it specific to your classroom, including those stoic five, as Rachel mentioned earlier, but looking at the structure, the teaching of expectations, observing, interacting positively and correcting fluently. But the district is using the CHAMPS model of PBIS in the classroom. Awesome, thank you for just defining those and running through the acronyms for us. As a whole, this program sounds, these restorative coaching circles are absolutely amazing. And I think they're redefining how to meet the needs of the folks that they're trying to support at every step in the process. And I think that's such a powerful Things. So we're very excited to share all of this information with everyone else as well. And before we wrap up, was there anything else that you wanted to share with those folks before we do close? Just that it's truly one of the best ways I think we spend our staff meeting is in, in, is in that circle. We get more out of that hour and 20 or minutes or whatever it is than I think we do a lot of the things. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty powerful. Besides the fact helpful, it's pretty powerful. And I'm glad that is the experience that people are having as well. And I'd also like to mention that there is no gatekeeping of information. So if there is anybody out there who would be interested in following a similar model, we are more than happy and willing to provide the resources we used in order for anybody else to consider such a thing. And with that, we're just going to wrap up. But thanks again so much for being here and sharing so much about this program. Thank thanks you again. for having me. In Session is brought to you by the National Center on Safe Supported Learning Environments, or Nestle, at the American Institutes for Research. This podcast is funded by the U.S. Department of Education. If you'd like to learn more about Nestle, visit safesupportedlearning.ed.gov. For all questions or feedback, you can email us at nestle at AIR.org. Thanks for listening. Please note, the contents of this podcast do not necessarily represent the policy or views of the U.S. Department of Education, nor does it imply endorsement by the U.S. Department of Education.